We are School Walking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we bring you news, sometimes we make you laugh. Most times, we go deep. I'm Cosmomom09, Rachel B, and with me, of course, is Sharony Blazy Gardner. We are so happy to welcome to Jam Squawk, Savage Sherry herself, Christine Evangelista. Thanks so much for being here today, Christine. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> well, I think we should start off with the most obvious question. What kind of underwear are you wearing right now? <laughs> I'm so glad for this. And I'm so glad I'm wearing one of my favorite pairs. In fact, they were just delivered to me today via Amazon. I'm not even kidding. I moved into this new in the city. I'm finally back in New York City. I've been away for a really long time. And I didn't pack enough underwear. <laughs> oh, no. Really, Amazon, a bunch of my favorite underwear, which is like this like soiree thong from Cosabella, I call it. And I got a couple of packs in yesterday, so I am wearing some new undies, so I feel really good. Yes. <laughs> nice, nice. Congratulations now- on being back. <laughs> back home. <laughs> so good to be back home. So for those of you that don't know, Christine's the host of her own podcast called Half Naked with Christine Evangelista. She starts off every episode by asking her guests what kind of underwear they're wearing right now. So Christine, what inspired you to start this podcast and where did the underwear question come from? Totally. Such a good question. <laughs> I fell in love with lingerie and underwear and I just thought it was like The first thing we put on every day kind of like sets the tone for mood and stuff. I felt my relationship to change, like changed to it so much over the course of my life, you know, whether it's through like just age or experiences. And and I started designing lingerie and underwear. And then I was like, well, I need to know more about it. So I want to kind of create this platform, a digital platform to be able to talk to people that are professionals in the industry. And it was all really during COVID where I could just start working on my brand and the business aspect of it because we couldn't go to trade shows and meet each other. So it was kind of created as media and through then. And the more I spoke about it, I remember being at a dinner once with like Brooke Shields and Brooke Shields was really famous for, I mean, for a lot of things, but for that Calvin Klein ad that she did in her underwear. And I remember I was like, so like, what kind of underwear do you wear now? And it caught her really <laughs> off guard. And then we started talking about it. And I realized in that moment, it's like, we don't talk about these things, but we should. And the more we started talking about them, I, as I say all the time, it's a gateway to a much more revealing conversation. But people started to like talk about their underwear. And it's so funny because we talk about clothes all the time, but like not about underwear. So I just thought it was a really great way to kind of disarm the conversation and to and to just point that we're all the same. We all put on our underwear one leg at a time. And no one asks that ever. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're vulnerable enough to talk about your undergarments, maybe you will open up and talk about other things. Right. Totally. And it's like a great way to like kick things off with a joke a lot of the time. So (laughs) your podcast is not the kind of thing I would normally listen to. I'm more into like history and stuff, but I did start listening to it because of you. (laughs) And I actually did learn a lot. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed what I have listened to. It's very, I have found it much more interesting than I thought I would. So I just want to let you know that you did open up a different Vista for me and I have been listening to it and taking to heart the things that you've been talking about. That's great. Yeah. That makes that that's so I'm really grateful to hear that because I learned I actually I had no idea what I was doing when I was doing it. And I learned a lot through it also, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. It's yeah. just things I never would have thought to seek out on my own, but now that I'm listening to them, it's it's very it's very interesting and I am learning a lot. How do you choose the topics and the guests for the for the podcast? 
That's a great question. And that's something I was kind of like figuring it out as I went along, because again, didn't know what I was doing. I knew what I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn about the industry. So I reached out to designers that I liked, and then I would look to see who they followed. And I would reach out to people that were interesting through that. So it was all through kind of like, oh, what do I want to learn today? It was like topic of relationships. Then, then of course, underwear is such a taboo topic. I wanted to talk about more taboo topics and started to look under relationship therapists and found some really interesting women to talk to. And then I started looking under women's health and found some really interesting women to talk to. And, and that was like the most, one of the more empowering aspects of the podcast for me was that I would craft the letter, send it out to somebody that I thought was really interesting and that I admired and I wanted to learn from and await their response. And I thought that was really cool. It was like this really great little pen pal relationship to just get to know somebody. And, um, and I really loved podcasts for that, for giving me the opportunity to do that. And I found some really fucking kick-ass, awesome women. And I learned a lot from them. And I, that was like, that was my favorite thing of finding the women that I wanted to talk to and then messaging them directly, which was, it was cool. I was so nervous doing it all the time, but I found it. Like, I understand really cool. that. I totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Are they going to see this? Are they going to care? And yeah, it makes you feel really good. Yeah. I get it. A, uh, have you considered ever interviewing a guy ha or has it happened? B, has any male or female answered what underwear to the initial question? <laughs> Ah! Right, totally. There's been a few commandos for sure. <laughs> Salute. There are some guys that I did interview and I'm going, I'm, I'm going to release, but initially I just wanted to start with women solely because what I was interested in, I think a lot of the designers, I was interested female business owners. I thought that was really interesting to me, but I did expand to, to men also. I asked that question specifically because it sounded more like a uh, women centric. Your underwear, is that what's going on here? <laughs> uh, no comment. I'm going to mute David, my mic now. Thank you. Where are you wearing, David? That's why, why I don't want to answer the question. <laughs> Shall not be repeated. Dave, that's funny that you asked that question because on my way home from school today, Christine, I actually listened to your episode with um, Kelsey Derrick. Oh, yeah. She's great. Yeah. She was one of them. <laughs> the one that really stuck with me was... I don't remember her name, but the, the one who did po the pole dancer. Oh, Sheila Kelly. Oh, Sheila Kelly. That was so interesting to me. Like that just opened up a whole different way of thinking. Like it, it was really, it was really good. I think about it often. That's interesting that you say that. There were a few that stuck out to me. You know, I remember interviewing Cindy Eckert and I was like so blown away by what she's doing and everything that she's creating in the medical space for women. But Sheila Kelly, did you see that documentary on Netflix, Strip Down, Rise Up? Mm -mm. Check that out and message me what you think about it because that is going to, that's going to expand your mind even more in terms of like what it is and what that movement does for people. I watched that documentary and I mean, it's not very difficult to make me cry, but it really made me cry. It just opened my eyes to something that I didn't know much about and you just have so much empathy and for it and, you, and, and it's empowering. You kind of want to do it yourself too. I loved what Sheila Kelly was saying about touching every inch of ourselves and what could, that can like awaken in us. And I'm like, I never thought about it that way, but it's like, if you pay attention to what you're doing, like it really does. You react to that touch or, you know, in a good or bad way, obviously, but yeah, you can really find out a lot about yourself. I thought that was beautiful. Well, I mean, you learn about your body in a way that you normally 
wouldn't do because how many of us just normally walk yeah. around and, and touch ourselves? We don't, we don't do that. So if you take the time <laughs> yeah. to do it, you'll learn about your body in a whole different way than you, than yeah. you knew it before. You said that one of the things you, that excited you the most was contacting all the women and getting responses, but what is the most important thing that you have taken away from doing the podcast? I think the most important thing that I've learned is that, you know, we're so much more alike than we are different. And especially when we think of lingerie and these things, they're often kind of like, you know, put us off or we don't feel like comfortable in it. And it's like, it's weird. It's different. And it's so much beyond what we what we think of when we think of the word lingerie. It's mostly just about how we feel about our bodies. And I think we're all on this journey sort of together to self-discover. And the more that we just kind of have these conversations with each other about it, I just think the more comfortable we can sort of feel and empower each other to feel good in whatever it is even if it's in nothing as we said earlier or even if it's in sweatpants or something really comfortable and I just and that's been like the greatest thing to learn and also just how much the industry has evolved was interesting to me too and how it really started off in this very male driven way for men for men's eyes and when we sort of take control of that narrative as women and I think that was why it was so important for me to to initially start the podcast off with women just to, to hear their point of view of something that was so run by the opposite sex for so long I think that to me was like just really interesting and empowering and, and really had me look at history so much I think I learned so much about history. I mean, going back into the Greek Roman times and what they wore then. And I mean, later in life, and you start looking at the Renaissance and then you start looking at the American Revolution and like when women started wearing underwear. Wait, women didn't start wearing underwear until the Industrial Revolution? What? (laughs) (laughs) But it was so interesting to pinpoint what was going on and you start to realize how much society changes but human nature doesn't and like that is that was something that was really interesting to me. I feel that because I'm really into history and that's one of the things that I love to identify is we are we're exactly the same as the people in the middle ages and in the Greek in you know yeah. Roman times Greek times we're all the same we're the same people the only thing that the environment's changed what's around us has changed but people we're the same same fears same quirks same foibles it's all the same so i listened to your podcast on audible today but where else can we find half naked with christine evangelista you could find it on uh apple podcast you can find it on spotify audible and anywhere you listen to podcasts one of the uh things i love following on your instagram are your doggies Thank they're you. so cute yeah. they're so cute uh they're rescued yeah, right total rescues and both like Aww. my lap in very different ways growing <laughs> up in my house we always had like we were a wayward home of animals anyone anytime someone would move or die we would get their animal <laughs> we always had like just some cat would give birth in my yard and we would have a bunch of kittens <laughs> hamsters or dogs and we just always had lots of animals and I just love them so much so when I moved into my own place and I just knew it wouldn't I wouldn't be comfortable without a without a dog or a cat I rescued a cat from Mexico who currently lives with my parents (laughs) I started working with animal rescue groups in New York and there was this one organization that I my heart is with because the guy that runs it lives and breathes animals every penny that you give to him goes straight to the animals so much so that I would have to go buy him food or clothing because if I gave him money, he would only buy stuff for the dog. 
<laughs> His name's Michael. Aww. He's a patron saint, in my opinion. One day, I met him, oh my God, on 6th Avenue in Greenwich Village. And he's like, Christine, my shelter's too full right now. I need you to take a smaller dog so I could take some big dogs and put them in the shelter. And he opened the trunk, and there were these two chihuahuas to choose from. And this one kind of like jumped up at me and I was like, okay, I'll take him for a few weeks. So I took Buddy home with me and I had no intention of adopting a dog at that point. My my dog had passed away maybe like two weeks earlier and uh, I fell in love with Buddy and I thought he was like such a cool dog. That weekend he got adopted from this other couple and I was like devastated after he got adopted, like really devastated. The next morning they called me up and they were like, you know what, actually it's not the right fit. This isn't the right time for us to adopt a dog. And I met them at the 59th Street train station in the city and they passed Buddy over the train tracks and they're like, sorry. And I'm like, no, no, thank you so much. This dog <laughs> So <laughs> stairs, and I'm like, I don't know what you did, but I think you just wanted to come back to my house. <laughs> he's heard me tell the story. <laughs> he's my best friend. Like he's totally my soulmate, and anyone that says otherwise is dead to me. So <laughs> he's, the he's the best. He's the best. And um, Holly, we rescued during the pandemic. I saw her in like a sea of dogs. And I was online of like 50 people online waiting to rescue dogs. Thankfully, so many people wanted to rescue dogs during the pandemic. And I was like, there's no way we're going to be able to get that dog. because She's probably going to go to the person first in line. And the woman's like, does anybody want this? And I was like, me! And like, <laughs> plowed through. Like, I was dragging poor buddy by his leash. And and I got her. That's that's the aggressive New Yorker in me. But she's she's just she's an amazing dog and like the opposite of Buddy. Like she's so feminine <laughs> and she's so sweet and graceful and polite. Like she only sits with her paws like this. Oh, dainty. But that's adorable. She will cut a bitch. Like that dog. She's <laughs> killed chickens, bunnies, gophers, birds. She's a hunter. Spirit. Mm. I love so that. She's dog. a real pretty protector. Oh yeah. But I do love I love my dogs and they just they just make my life so whole. Animals do make everything better. I have three lab mixes. And they are all spoiled rotten. Oh my god. And they're all siblings. That's they're all from the so same cool. litter. And each one of them is completely different. They all they all look alike. They all three of them look alike, but their each one's personality is absolutely completely different. That's the best part, right? Like they have like the way I saw I talked to Holly is very different from how I talked to Buddy because mm -hmm. they respond differently, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. you can't treat them the same, and that's been the coolest part is like discovering their personality. You have any? Do you have, do you guys have any animals? I have three cats. Ooh. Yeah. And they, and just like Sharon, said, like, they all have very distinct personalities. Like, I have one who is afraid of her own shadow. I have another one who will sit on the first stranger's lap that she sees. And the other one that wants to be your buddy. She's not a lap cat. She wants to sit next to you and be your friend. Oh. <laughs> Cats are interesting. Uh, that yeah. cat, Laka, that I rescued from Mexico. Not easy uh, bringing a cat back from a baby cat back from Mexico, but also rescuing a feral animal from the beach was also very challenging. But she's really, really well adapted now, and she's really happy and healthy. She was really sick when I got her. I mean, animals make our lives so whole. Oprah said this thing I heard recently where um, dog spells backward is, is God, and she imagines the love of a dog to be that was of God, which is like just unconditional, consistent. Yeah. Unconditional. 
everything. And I, don't, I always thought that, like, that just makes me so, I just, because, like, they're just little angels, you know? We don't deserve dogs. <laughs> no. no. The video you posted the other day with your dogs going out in the snow and then turning around and coming right back. <laughs> And they did it like three times. I I laughed. I legit laughed for like ten minutes over that. It was so funny. No, nope. nope. so much. I did it all time about them. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Another thing I love seeing in your stories and in your feed is your cooking. I Thanks. I love watching that. So I have Thanks. a fan question. This is from Linda at Fan Art Lindy, and uh, she wants to know if you have any tips or what you recommend to transition into a healthier diet? That's a great question. And we all have that question every day. Like what can I do today to feel good about myself? And like, we all have like ebbs and flows with diet and it's a seasonal change sometimes. But I always think of like, well, what could you stick to consistently? Like, what could you do today that you know you could do for the next three days? And even if that's like drinking a little bit more water, drink eight glasses a day. And if you need to add some lemon in it or some electrolytes or some like healthy, natural, natural flavoring in it, there's some things like I'll, I'll post later about things that I like to add to water just to make it more less watery. But that's, but that's like a little thing you just feel better. And then like you could slowly progress to that. Like maybe I will have a juice today. Well, what kind of juice? You could start with fruit juice. Then you could go towards vegetable juice. But it's just like meat your body where you're at, what can you commit to consistently? Don't immediately jump in and thinking like, I'm going to start doing a raw diet and I've only been having like Arby's and, and Burger King before or even beyond before that, like without even fast food, like just having a normal diet, a normal diet of like grains and starch and protein and then going to a raw diet, like that's really intense. I would never, I could never do something like that. It's it's really hard to just jump into something and not have it sort of like put your body out of whack and, you know, just ruin your, I guess, day mentally because you're not getting the things that you're normally used to getting. So I think it's always like those slow incremental changes that you do every day. You know, maybe today I'll just, I won't have any sugar. I won't have any, or candy or any chips soda and like small like slowly cut down into little things that you could do every day that could like consistently build up to something i do love cooking myself i find that to be a really easy way to know exactly what i'm putting in my body and what i'm eating and with tiktok and instagram there's like so many great ways to find easy recipes i've learned everything on the internet <laughs> like, <laughs> I grew up mostly Italian food and raviolis and chicken cutlets every day, which I still love to eat. But all of the stuff I kind of like sort of just taught myself, you know, like just through reading about it and, and saying like, okay, my stomach hurts today. What can I do to make it feel better? Cooking is always obviously the easiest because you know exactly what you're eating. So something that you have mentioned in your in your cooking stories before is cooking with bone broth. So what are some of the benefits of using bone broth and how do you use that in your cooking? That's a great question. I love bone broth. I don't know when this phenomenon with bone broth became, but I just remember hearing about it and then going to these juice places that I would go to all the time and they would have fresh made bone broth. And bone broth has so much collagen, which is great for your bones. It's great for your skin. It like sort of keeps you like 
just helps the elasticity in your skin. And bone broth also has a lot of electrolytes because of all of the salt in it, but also so much nutrients, which I think really helps with your immune system. Chicken soup. Whenever you're you're not feeling well, have some chicken soup. There are vegetables in it and chickens and noodles, but it's, it's that broth. It, like The broth is like that elixir that really helps you, just helps your immune system, helps you feel great. And, and then drinking it on its own is just, it's a great way to actually like also help you absorb water throughout the day, I think, because it's so heavy in electrolytes because there's salt in it. And it's really tasty. So I'll drink bone broth on its own in the morning sometimes. It's like a great thing. Like definitely like a pick me up for lunch from walking around the city and it's really cold. I love having like a cup of bone broth. And of course in my soup. <laughs> I love to make soup so much. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of delicious lot of looking stories. soups on your feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So could you basically swap out bone broth for anything you would use water for? Like, could you oh, boil noodles? or? Yes. So a great question. I didn't even think about answering that. Sometimes if you want to saute vegetables instead of using olive oil or coconut oil or any oil, put some broth in. It's an easy way to cut out a lot of calories or fat and just cook something with adding more natural flavor, but it's almost like steaming it, you know, but you're steaming it instead of with just plain water, adding some flavor in it that has the bone broth. And a lot of the time bone broth naturally has some herbs in it that you could sort of add in if you buy it, if you buy it. Well, there's some great bone broth brands, but you could cook veggies in it. You could also cook meat in some bone broth instead of using oil. It's a great substitute for that. What is your all-time favorite meal to cook? Listen, I am... <laughs> Italian girl from Staten Island. <laughs> like I, I, I mean, going back, I love a chicken cutlet. I love cooking a sausage and peppers. I love making a ravioli. I love making a fresh Italian sauce. Like that to me is like just the best. But I love doing things for people, teaching them new ways to eat food. Whether it's like I love making a buffet of build your own veggie bowl, and I'll cook different veggies different ways and different sauces and different techniques and over a better price and have people make it the way that they want. Like, I, I love just showing people new experimental ways to cook with food. Those are like kind of my favorite things to do, but I love cooking fish. I love to grill. Like I just, I really, I just really love to cook and I just love to, I like to make people happy with food. Today I, I just reheated some chicken nuggets for myself. Like I don't, <laughs> I feel like I'm cooking a four course meal for somebody, but for myself, I don't really cook that much. Is there anything you don't like to eat? Is there anything like if it was in a dish, you're like, no, thanks. I'll pass. <laughs> you know what's so weird? Eggs. Isn't that eggs. So I know. I, mm. I can't eat eggs, omelets, hard-boiled, anything, Whoa. scrambled. No, not at all. I love eggs so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're so healthy, right? What, what about you guys? Do you guys have anything that you just like will never eat? I don't like cucumbers. <laughs> really? I hate cucumbers. I love pickles, but I don't like cucumbers. I will eat more raw vegetables, but I can't think of a single cooked vegetable I would eat. But I'll eat like carrots and cucumber, <laughs> pickles if you count them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so funny. Like, I don't know where the hell, if, since I was a kid, like a child, I just won't eat eggs. I won't. I can't. Oh my God. Have you ever was... tried to make yourself eat eggs? Like recently? Every decade or every five years or something, even recently, I was like, should I? No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> kind of like, right as it's about to, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the past life. I don't know. It's My reaction is not normal. I would rather eat like 
an eyeball than A. <laughs> fun, fun fact, eyeballs, not that bad. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, David, ew. You're from New York. I'm a Southern girl, so I'm going to ask if you've ever had grits. Oh, shrimp and grits? Are you kidding? It's amazing. Yes, yes. With hot, with yes. hot sauce. Yes. Right. Ooh. First of all, I could eat shrimp. That's another thing. I'll have shrimp for breakfast. There's nothing I love more than cold Chinese food for dinner. So I love, or breakfast. I'm sorry, I should say cold Chinese food for breakfast. But I love, love shrimp and grits in the morning with hot sauce. So good. Yeah, fuck eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make Rachel try some when we're in fan, when we're in Atlanta for pandemic. Oh, I've never had grits. I know grits. Grits. You've never oh. had them. Oh really? Nope. Oh, it's a texture thing. Like I'm, I'm terrified yeah. of the texture. Oh, I'm, well, I'm so scared. Yeah, that's. I mean, well, it's kind of like what, like oatmeal? No. It reminds me of like tapioca pudding. But it's warm. <laughs> Tapioca's yeah. like big balls. It's not like that at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's okay. cold. Yeah. This, yeah. It's, it's, it's not gelatinous. Yeah, it's, not like, gelatinous. Okay. it's smooth and warm and just comforts your yeah. inside. It hugs your insides and comforts them. Yeah. She, she already assured me that I would like them. <laughs> All right. I trust you. My cousin, Minnie. Have what, I seen her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's Long a grit? Ago, yeah. What's a grit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom says, he's in the audience, Cynthia Carmona mentioned that she preferred it if guys said, you're smart instead of you're beautiful. How would you like to be complimented? Oh, that's Ooh. great. I like when people tell me I'm funny. I like making people laugh. That makes me feel really good. Because to me, when like you can make somebody laugh, you're smart and funny and interesting. And making people feel good and laugh is like just the best. So I think that for me is like great. Like I love people making people laugh and I like when people dance. That makes me feel really good. Also, who's Cynthia Carmona? I just, I'm sorry if I don't know who that is. She's great. She's an actress. She's um, okay. uh, she's on a Netflix series right now. Would you call yourself a ball buster? 100%. <laughs> Matter of fact, 100%. <laughs> We always put a call out for fan questions bef before an interview. And I have to say mm -hmm. that by far, you received more questions than anybody we've had on the show before. So many. Well. We, we had to weed out a bunch <laughs> of them. Okay? Our first fan question is from Matthew, who's at Multifandom407. How did it feel joining Fear after being gone from the Walking Dead universe for so long? Did it feel like a homecoming? Was it uh, a new, different experience? I mean, it's definitely like a homecoming in the sense that, like, there's so many familiar faces, but it's also like being asked, oh my God, I'm thinking of this right now, <laughs> being asked to prom. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like, I was going to you wanted to go to for a long time, but like, it's kind of like, oh my God, you guys are inviting me? Like, that's so exciting. I'm really excited to this party. But it was also kind of this great chance to revisit, which by the way, does not happen. I, I, I researched it and I was trying to find like what other actors have revisited a character years, years and years after they originated it. It's not frequent. And like having the chance to do that and to tell a story of somebody that was kind of like not really developed. Like, you know, we saw Sherry on The Walking Dead, but we didn't know that much about her. We knew all these things that happened with her sister and then with her husband and Daryl. We didn't know about her. And I thought that was like a really cool way to like get to know this girl and what impacted those decisions that she made. 
and how she's here right now. And I thought that was like, fuck, let's tell this story. So that was really exciting. But I was definitely excited to be invited. Your first appearance on Fear was at the end of 603 Alaska, where you were reunited with Dwight. Did you and Austin see each other at all before you filmed, or was it kind of like, did you kind of wait in, until you were on set together? We, we spoke on the phone a bit, and we, 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 we always, like, communicated over the years even, you know? But um, definitely the first time we saw each other was there that day. And it was cool because it was like, it was a really unique day where I'm like just sort of propelled into this world and Coleman's directing it. So I'm meeting him for the first time and he's directing this moment that everyone knew about except me. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> and it was like, that was really cool. It was like a really great introduction because there were so many of us around. That's the best part about this show and the franchise in general. Like being a part of this world where Lenny directed an episode of us this past season. It's like incestual in the best way because <laughs> people that are there just really love it. I've never been on a show where people hang out more in, in my life. I mean, you can't even imagine like the actors that'll just come in from The Walking Dead and come visit us at like some party that we're having in Austin for beer. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really oh, fucking cool. I love hearing those stories. Once you're a part of this world, like you're just in it. You're just you in your it. family or family. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's like it's why the show is so successful. It really is. Because you have people that are just so grateful to be there. It's so funny when I, Sharon and I say quite often how we try to explain our Walking Dead family to our immediate family. And they just, they don't get it. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, oh yeah, your computer friends. I'm like, no, no, it's so much, it's so much more than that. There's something that bonds you. That's like the best part. And it is, it really, really is a family. We have put together a group of people that are so funny and so creative and so talented and so non-toxic. In, in yes. our, you know, in our group. And yes. it's like, we, we promote that. Be nice to yeah. each other. We're all fans of the same yep. show. Why are we fighting about it? Oh, I know, I know. People have a message board sometimes, but that's whatever, you know. But it's cool. I just really love that this show, like, just, it, I mean, it has so much positivity in it. You know, the other day, I was like, we were, the other day, when we were filming last over, you know, the fall, winter. And, like, Chandler's, like, just at the party. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's working on something. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, like that's kind of awesome. Like, I've been on many of shows. Like, that doesn't happen, you know? Like, there's something really special about this show where people, like, just stick around. And they want to get to know everybody. It says a lot about the environment that it creates. You know, yeah. everyone wants to be there. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. We see the, you know, when you guys post pictures behind the scenes and everybody's just hanging out and having a good time. And it seems like you're all just really good yeah. friends. And that's one, another thing we love. Everybody just, you all just like, love each other too. We're so proud of each other. Like our, our fear family thread. Like forget it. It's like who's, we're celebrating this person. We have a birthday. We're posting a photo. <laughs> doing another movie. We're like, Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. It's like really great to see like people that you respect so much, like be happy and succeed. And it's cool to celebrate. Thanks guys. Thanks for noticing that. And we love watching all the projects that, that the TWU actors are in. Like, like you said, once you're in this family, you are in this family and we are going to support you in all of your projects. I mean, even if maybe a character is no longer on the show, we, you are still so much a part of that family and we are going to watch whatever it is the next pro project you're working on. Like, we're going to be there. We're going to have a watch party for you. We're going <laughs> to yeah. support you in every way that we can. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
So we have a question from our friend Aiden, who is maybe possibly still in the chat. He's high, everyone. There he is. <laughs> Aiden wants to know if, if there's anything you miss specifically about being on The Walking Dead. You love some of the people that you worked with. Norman's, like, really cool. Mikey is one of our producers and directors and he worked on both shows so there's so much crossover geographically we're in a different place but we work with a lot of the same people so I can't say there's much you know obviously you know Sherry's storyline has been so much more well defined on Fear of the Walking Dead so that's been really exciting for me to be there but it's just kind of like wherever you hang your hat is your home this is what we're doing this is where we're going to tell the story and that's like kind of cool Tess who is at 301 asks what was one of the most physically and or emotionally demanding scenes for you to film on either show demanding is interesting that's an interesting word because it's like there's a lot of like physicality throughout both shows there's a lot of like it's it's intense you know to live in this sort of like just intensity all the time you know you don't shut it off just because the cameras aren't rolling you like live in it all the time and it's really hard look there's some crazy fight scenes that are intense, especially when we're shooting in like over 100 degrees and we're outside, especially this past season, we're all like covered up. I remember one scene that was really hard that no one ever really talks about. The episode when Sherry is running to go save Mickey and they're about to go into the wrestling ring. Like the wrestling ring was fun. It was also difficult, um, but it was exciting because we were doing so many things. But there was this scene running into the wrestling ring where she's fighting off all of these walkers. And on the day when we were there, it's like, I mean, it was well over 100 degrees. We're outside. It's blazing sun. And you're fighting through the sea of people. That was really, that was really hard. That was a very hard day. But there's this one scene that's coming up in the second half of this current season. That was really hard. And I talk about it on some of the after shows, so I'll let you guys know after. And I don't want to say why it was really hard, but it was like, honestly, my I had like buckets and water, everything was just helping me in between each take because I was just beside myself. I, I, I can't go into it without getting <laughs> it away. But then what, leading up to the scene, but while you're in the scene, it was also really intense. So the scene itself was intense and all this other shit that's happening was like this really heavy climax scene. It was at the end of the episode. It was fucking brutal. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about it when we do it. I'll be like, this is what I was talking about and this is why. There's Honestly. a whole lot of oohs in the chat. It's like, <laughs> what I was doing, I'm like, you can't, you can't be serious. Like, what? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited. Thomas uh, wants to know if you've ever driven the MRAP. <laughs> That's so funny. I haven't. Oh. I haven't. I haven't. I wish I have. I wish I have. The people that are driving those are people that have, like, dedicated their lives to driving MRAPs. <laughs> <laughs> veterans <laughs> it doesn't look easy it does not look yeah, easy the thing is huge. i mean opening the door hurts it's you <laughs> 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 were like ow <laughs> ow it's not easy it doesn't doing a k-turn in an mrap is pretty hard <laughs> sorry wow i unmuted oh at the wrong gosh. moment <laughs> This is more of a New Yorker question. 
Do you have a license? Of course I have a license. I have a license in two states. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, I did get my license really late in life. I didn't get That's my license until I was like 18 years old, which is late traditionally, I guess. I didn't really care. I, was, I went to school in Manhattan, so I was like, I was always taking public transportation. But my father's a mechanic. My father fixed fire trucks for a living. He worked for the FDNY. So like we always had trucks and like I always grew up, I, my grandfather was a fireman, my dad was a mechanic. So like I always grew up in a firehouse. I was always around like trucks. Like my dad would pick me up from school in a fire truck sometimes. So like I always kind of, I mean, I was around a lot of cars and my dad was always fixing cars. So it wasn't like because of that, I just didn't really, I mean, I was just always, I went to school in the city, so I had public transportation. But once I started going to California a lot, I needed to drive, which presented its own set of problems. But I like to learn the hard way. So. <laughs> yeah, just so everybody knows, like Christine actually grew up in Staten Island and that's kind of like the, this is, I'm going to say this out loud. Attack me if you want, but it's kind of like New Jersey's tumor, which means you need to <laughs> you need to drive. I mean, there's just no way around. It. I mean, it's definitely like well, it's that's Brooklyn humor. Sorry, uh, you know I'm busting your balls. <laughs> the very working class suburb of the city. Yeah, but yeah, I totally get that. You do need to drive, but I didn't like. Well, yeah, I took the bus on Staten Island a lot, which is easy, but. Yeah, yeah, it is. You do. You, most people need, do need to drive. I didn't drive until I had to go to California. So. Bella wants to know what does it take for you to get into the character of Sherry. That's a great question, and it's kind of a crazy process. Both Austin and I, I think, do this. There's like a lot of playlists and music and things that we listen to for the scenes and stuff. There's a lot of writing and just imagining. You know the situation and the stakes that are in but there's so many I think very relatable aspects about the whole Sherry Dwight storyline of just love and fighting for love and a love lost and being reunited again so there's so many I think relatable things to really draw on but there's a lot of just intense understandings of the situation and the stakes that they're in and the fight for life. The the whole show for everybody, it's a really demanding show of like, I, I joke, but it's not a joke, but like I liken it to doing kundalini yoga all day where you're just like breathing like intensely constantly oh all day. Like you're just like, like everything is just so intense. It's like, how does that affect your breath? How does that affect like your physicality, like you're running, like you're st like you're just constantly defense mode. It changes your behavior completely. It changes how you breathe. How do you turn that off? That's the harder part. Yeah. Right. I imagine it's out difficult of it, to yeah. go from being so intense and you can't just cut it off immediately. So it's it's a cool down, and then you don't want to cool down too much. What if you have to go right back into it again? So yeah, you don't want you to shut to off the car. Keep it up. It's like being in a you know a vintage car. You can't like just shut off that engine right away. It doesn't like start up really quickly. You know you've got to keep that engine hot. Cars run hot all day. It's takes a lot to cool down. So I'm always curious. Um, we've seen Sherry cry, you know, a few times on the show. And I don't know how someone looks beautiful while they're crying, but you managed to pull it off. <laughs> I don't know how, but <laughs> what magic makes the tears come out? I'm a crier. Really? Just, yeah, I'm such a crier. <laughs> like I can look at something beautiful and just cry. I think it's just a deep 
connection to whatever it is that you're feeling and you when you love these people and these characters so much you know it's not for no reason you know there's something that you really connect to that just evokes so much feeling that could only be expressed this one way and again like their stakes are really high it's hard to not feel that way when there's just so much on the line for everybody i wish there was like some sort of thing it's just it's just really the situation these people are in a lot of the time it breaks my heart tom wants to know tom's in the audience he's asking uh, do you look forward to attending your first convention i can't wait <laughs> again i just i love the people that watch this show i really do i've never witnessed anything like this on any other show and any other franchise like ever people that don't even watch the walking dead know what the walking dead is you see how people react to that so people that love the show like you get it you understand it and it's like it's to be in a room with all those people you know that have watched it that it resonates with them for whatever reason like that's just why you do this being on television is difficult a lot of the time it's amazing but it's you kind of lack control as an actor there's so many things that happen shows get canceled things whatever so much shit happens i was like i, I just really want to fall in love with what it means to be an actor again i'm going to do a play it was incredible you know you make no money doing it but you do it because you absolutely love to do it but the best part of it was every night outside of the stage door there would be some people that waited to tell you how the play resonated with them or what your character was going through they felt and like you just share these human experiences and that's why you tell these sort of stories so the chance of going to a convention where you're with a group of people that this resonated with them for whatever reason or they were able to tap into their own human experience for whatever reason like that's why you do this thing that's why you are an actor to help to connect to those people to help them connect to their own experience so like that's fucking cool it does but, a lot for people to be able to connect and relate to a character yeah like and to watch why why do you like the show so much like to like that like to hearing that is like the reason that we like the show so much so like being able to bond off of that is really cool not only do you do you create connections with us you create connections between us you know, oh, yeah. not, not only do we connect with you as actors, but we connect amongst ourselves and, and create um, our own connections. So it's it's yeah. not just one-on-one. -on -one. It's it's a network. It's a huge network. It really is. Of, yeah. it really is. Have you ever been to a convention or... Is it? Will this be your first one? This will be my first one. Um, at the end of the episode, JD, we see Sherry and Dwight riding off into the sunset away from John's cabin. And I thought I saw a little something. Did you guys almost fall off the horse that's so funny <laughs> no i don't think so i made a okay. gif <laughs> so i will say that that was challenging in itself because he's the only one riding saddle i'm riding bareback so i'm like behind him not only my bareback but i'm on the back of the horse so i'm only relying on him and when we're going uphill it's like really kind of hard <laughs> i have no one about my feet <laughs> i'm just kind of like holding on to him i have no support at all so you might have seen it be a little wobbly which is definitely true <laughs> okay all right i've never i knock on wood i haven't fallen yeah yeah it looked it Almost looked like there was a last minute adjustment <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm a last minute scooch that. if you will <laughs> yeah like a like a scooch yeah Cameron at The Walking Dead 100 asks, what do you like and dislike about Sherry? 
I love her stamina and her strength and just determination. And, you know, I do really love her moral compass. You know, no matter what, she's really always trying to do the right thing. I don't like that she really, like, very similar to me, needs to do things the hard way all the time. You know, she needs to figure things out for herself, uh, which is admirable, but it often, like, takes a little longer sometimes. And she just sort of needs to, like, kind of go through all of the motions and the feelings in order to get to, you know, the place where, you know, where she is now. So it's hard to watch somebody go through that when you just want to, like, kind of point them in the right direction. But needing to, like, experience all that stuff is, like, something I'm, I totally get and I'm very happy that we're telling that sort of story that it's not so linear there's a lot of going back and forth and you know getting into your in your own time in your own process so that that's hard but I uh, I'm I was really happy with the you know, amount of time that they gave her to sort of deal with it you know essentially like a whole season which is a lot you know so I was really grateful for that do you think that Sherry doing things the hard way is a result of maybe feeling like she didn't have a choice necessarily when it came to Negan and the Saviors. Like she was resigned to her circumstance. Yeah, there was a lot of feeling resigned or self, I call it being self-sacrificial, you know, like even going back to being with the Saviors after you know her sister died, it's because he felt like her and Dwight couldn't really make it on their own again. It was just so hard going back and doing something in a self-sacrificial way and didn't realize how bad it was, but even helping Daryl, you know, like there's always that sort of like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to have to leave because I might be killed, but I'm going to try to do the right thing before I bolt. Even more recently, like just always trying to do the right thing to help people. I think that's always something that she will she will try to do and she'll always try to protect and take care of people. She's not a selfish person. That seems to be the resonating theme necessarily when it comes to Fear of the Walking Dead. It seems like all the actors that were known for kind of helping people are kind of pouring into that show. So yeah. it's kind of cool to see that across yeah. the board now. It seems like the only way you're going to like sort of survive and get support from people is to like do something to connect with them. And so I get that. I definitely get that. Christine, the Walking Dead universe fans, we love to speculate on might have been and what if and, you know, possibilities like that. So Linda asks, if Negan had killed Dwight instead of just punishing him, would Sherry still have let Daryl go? I do think she would have helped Daryl because of how Daryl behaved with them. You know, they took his bike, everything, and, like, he helped them, but they were just so in their own head and in survival mode the way that they were. I think she would have definitely been different in a lot of ways after that, but I think she still would have helped Daryl for sure. Would have been a great way to stick it to Negan a little more, too. Yeah. <laughs> just needle him a little bit. That's a good question. That's an interesting alternate reality. Yeah, we like doing those. Yeah. What if this had happened instead of that? How would things be different? It's it's a fun game. In that vein, Donnie asks, if Sherry had killed Negan at the sanctuary, what would be different for her? Oh, my God. Wow. It's interesting to think if she did, who would turn on her? Would she get killed? Would one of, like, Negan's followers kill her? Would it just made some sort of revolt internally or or would she then be a leader of the whole pack and people would have been like, oh my god praise sherry like <laughs> that could be a thing too she could be totally running a whole over yes. here forget it totally down with that be a utopian community uh it would be <laughs> i could just imagine the whole other thing it would be paradise <laughs> you know? 
But that's actually really, that's a cool thought too, if she was able to do that. Yeah, like everybody that. would be wearing the right underwear. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> so Vladimir wants to know if there were uh, an apocalypse in real life, if we really had a, a zombie apocalypse, whose team do you think you would be on? Rick Grimes, Madison Clark, or maybe Morgan? It's so funny. <laughs> Me, Christina Vandalista, or Sherry? Uh, you. I, I, I'm interested to know whose team you would like to be on. Look, I love Lenny. I love Lenny. Heart of gold. <laughs> 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 but I really, I mean, I, Rick Grimes, man. Like, I, I think I would have to say Rick. He gets stuff done, gets doesn't it done. he? He gets it done. <laughs> whether you like it or not <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean I, I we follow letty now so i think i'd have to say like i think rick i think mm. i'd have to say rick yeah you yeah, didn't see any sure. nuclear bombs go off with rick did you <laughs> so funny right we ever... huh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love Sherry. Yep. I want to know, who would you like to see Sherry have a scene with from any show? Not just Fear, but Fear or Walking Dead. I, I love Carol. I thought about that a lot, too, the kind of interaction they would really have. I'd love the chance to have a scene with her. And uh, I'd love, again, to be united with Cyril. I'd like to see that, like, what that conversation would be like now, having that closure or the experience that you know, his point of view from what she did. And I think that would be an interesting conversation because I never, I never got to see that or experience that. So I, I always wonder what that would be like. Rachel and I uh, talked about it a lot and we decided Maggie, we want Sherry to be, have a scene with Maggie because Maggie yeah. and, and Sherry are very similar when it comes to Negan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had a, yeah, yeah. That's a great that's really great. I mean, they, they definitely do. I think, you know, the way Maggie, after Rick put him in prison and like that whole storyline and how she responded to it, I think would be really similar. They're both very, very tough, strong women. I think that's a great, that's great too. It, it would be, it would be a fun scene to watch. That's for sure. What is Sherry's last name? Do we have one? Have you thought about it? Have you come <laughs> up with your own? I'm going to go with Clark. Oh. Ooh. Hmm. Some hidden family yeah, sure. connections there. Maybe she's like Madison's stepsister. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or well, no, I guess it'd be sister-in-law, right? I have looked this up though, like a lot, mm -hmm. and sort of like tried to figure out like what, because a lot, a lot of people do have last names. Sherry and Dwight are together and happy for now. It's the Walking Dead mm -hmm. universe, so we'll see how that goes. What yeah. would uh, what would your perfect ending for Sherry be? We're gonna see a lot happen in the back half of the season for her that are extreme in the in, in the universe, but also personally like to deal with like beautiful, wonderful, awesome things that are also really scary and and challenging. And what happens to them? What how you know in this. God, how do I explain this? Like when everything's sort of falling apart, how she is able to survive, but she is, she's tough. And we know that she's incredibly independent and um, was able to do things for herself for so long. And that muscle only gets stronger, I think. I think her willpower only gets stronger. That, that's what I'll have to say. I think once you do something, you know, you could do it again and do it again. Confidence yeah. in yourself. I was not the biggest Sherry fan. 
I came into the uh-huh. universe very backwards, and I was not the biggest Sherry fan. <laughs> but I will say that yeah. at the end of season six, you totally flipped my script on that. I am now a huge Sherry fan, so just want to let you know that too. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> really in your shoes. I think everyone just loved Dwight so much. You know, I watched Fear first, and then I went back and watched The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. So I I came into it very yeah. weird. And I didn't watch it yeah. until Dwight had come back to fear. It was when I went back and watched The Walking Dead. So <laughs> I came. I have a very weird perception of everything. So it took me a while to warm up to Sherry. But I did. I did. Enjoy the view, asshole. Boom. <laughs> oh, so funny. That definitely turned the tables. It was such a weird feeling. And Alaska is was I had the weirdest feeling of emotions watching this episode because I didn't much care for Dwight. I mean, he killed Denise. He was mean to Daryl. Like I didn't have like you know what I mean. But in Alaska, when we see Sherry and Dwight reunite, and I'm like bawling my face <laughs> off, and I'm like, why does he get to be happy? Why am I crying? This is so sweet. Like oh my gosh. It would, it, I was feeling so many emotions and I, it confused me so much. <laughs> yeah. In like the best way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have some fun. We're going to play a speed round. Okay. So just go with your first instinct. Whatever your, your first instinct is, go with that. Beach or mountain? Beach. Coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> Pie or cake? Cake. Unless it's a pizza pie, then that. (laughs) There we go. Phone or tablet? Phone. Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune? Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Jeopardy. (laughs) Of course. Books or movies? Oh, that's so hard, but movies. Mittens or gloves? (gasps) I just have to go with mittens because they're so cute. (laughs) <laughs> sweet or savory savory Ooh. underwear or commando underwear <laughs> of course of course i feel so dazed and confused if i don't wear underwear i'm like oh no something's something's <laughs> terribly wrong <laughs> shoes or barefoot shoes negan or virginia Ooh. <laughs> Let's go with Negan. Ooh, Ooh. okay, okay. Last one, Dwight or Raleigh? (laughs) I shook my head when I saw this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing, amazing. (laughs) Those are great. I love this question. That was fun coming up with them, too. We had a good time. Yeah. yeah. And to bring it back kind of to the half naked podcast, what kind of underwear do you think the characters on Fear should wear? Grace? Oh, that's. <laughs> Grace. Oh my God. Grace is definitely wearing something full bottom, something very dainty and feminine. Maybe I'm just confusing the character, but I, I imagine <laughs> a uh, full panty with some paisley print. Oh, okay. paisley, yeah. June. June, I see in a cotton, sort of like a boy brief, but underwear, sort of like a cool white, like like a normal bikini bottom underwear, but like something with like like a something cool and like still masculine looking, but feminine. Sarah. I see it in my head. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah the 
a pack of fruit of the loom. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or a full pack, a five pack, or whatever. <laughs> and then wears them inside out uh, yeah. for the next week. Yeah, that's right. Um, Sherry. Like day two underwear. Sherry, um, I would say that Sherry is um, the reality is. I mean, these these pictures are wearing whatever they could find, but I think I could see Sherry in like a, a nice song. Dare I say, but like like a functional one, not too like yeah. a thick one. Still give some movement so she could run and do all the things that she used to do. Yeah, you know? yeah. Why are you whining? Oh my God, someone wants to say hi. Oh, yay! Oh, yay! Aw, hi, little baby. Oh, hey, puppy. Oh, puppy face. <laughs> oh, so scary. Oh, oh so no. scary. He's so and scary. I, and I didn't even say anything. <laughs> it's so funny. I remember the first day I was on set in the in the, uh, the makeup trailer. This is pre-COVID, and I was, like, so nervous to, like, see everyone. It was literally my first day on pier. And I'm, of course, the loser or, the like, the cool one. I think the cool one. But everyone's like, who's <laughs> Girl, the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was putting makeup done, and Buddy's on my lap as always. And, and Lenny comes in, and he goes, "Oh, hey, Christine." He goes, "Hey, but," and then Buddy like, goes, yeah. oh, "Buddy, you just got us fired." <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so much, Christine, for sitting down with us. Thanks for giving us your time. Yeah, it, awesome. it really means so much to us. Yeah, it means lots to me. I had a, really, had a really good time. This good. was awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you yeah. for coming and sitting with us. We appreciate it so much. And uh, well, yeah, uh, do. yeah, hit me back <laughs> for the second half of the season. So oh, definitely. We oh, definitely absolutely. Will. Definitely. Will. Absolutely. Bye, buddy. Yeah. I- Make sure you watch out for Fear the Walking Dead's uh, second half of season seven. Comes back April 17th or the 10th if you have AMC+. Check out Christine Evangelista as Sherry. Make sure you're also following her on all of her socials. Half Naked Podcast on Facebook, at Half Naked Podcast, and at Christina Evangelista on Instagram, at Half Naked Pod, and at C Evangelista on Twitter. Make sure you type that in right, <laughs> at C Evangelista on Twitter. Definitely check out her podcast. You can find it anywhere you find your podcast. So go find it. Go listen to it. Feel great about yourself, because you will after you listen to it. I can't wait to... Hear what you guys think about the second half of the season. I think it's out in like what a month or something like that, uh, or a month or two, two months, maybe two months. Um, yeah, I guess it's much longer than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like forever for us, too. So, yeah. 84 yeah. years. <laughs> so, thank you guys again so much. And, um, thank you, Christine. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, thank you, you so, much. so much. Thank you very, very much.